Welcome, everyone, to the Durson Network. Thanks for being here. Don't forget to like, subscribe, throw me a follow at the Durson Network, if you will. And we're here for uh, the Durson Football Show, obviously. But more importantly, it is Wild Card Weekend uh, in the 2021 playoff picture. Some fun games to get into. Before we get into the games, going to talk through the season, regular season awards, uh, some of these coaching vacancies, and the, the carousel that's about to take place, and uh, as well as get into the first mock draft from Mike Renner over there at Pro Football Focus. Uh, and then we'll finish up the show with each and every wild card prediction this week. Getting into the awards here, going to give you uh, my Coach of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive and Offensive Players of the Year, and then finally the MVP. So starting off with Coach of the Year, some people to consider here, and definitely not a runaway race by any means, but uh, I'm going to get right to the winner, and that's going to be Mike Vrabel. What he was able to do with the Tennessee Titans, leading them to a uh, conference victory regular season the number one seed going into the playoffs especially with not having A.J. Brown for a majority of the season then losing their running back there and Derrick Henry dealing with a lot of injuries they were able to overcome some early season disappointing performances and win the conference so you got to go with Mike Vrabel there got to give Nick Sirianni some after that 2-5 and five start to lead his team to the playoffs, it's really miraculous. So I just want to throw his name into the hat. And there are some other coaches. Uh, Zach Taylor in Cincinnati I don't think has gotten enough credit with what he has been able to do there. But at the end of the day, I'm going to go with Mike Rabel from the Tennessee Titans. Defensive Rookie of the Year. This one's really quick. Uh, Micah Parsons, obviously. Just a historic performance when you take a look at what he was able to do from a defensive end, from a pass rush position. Drafted really as a linebacker in that scheme and give credit to their defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, in being flexible and realizing that he was going to be more useful as a, as a pass rusher. And uh, just, a again, historical performance by him, double-digit sacks, more importantly, uh, the pressures, and how he was able to help that defense is just... Again, run away. There were some guys in contention. No, I don't want to say in contention, but had good years. Uh, Patrick Sertain for the Denver Broncos played well uh, amongst some other players. But at the end of the day, you got to go Mark, Micah Parsons. Not even close. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Another one that's really not all that close. Jamar Chase. Historic performance. Again, I mentioned it on last week's show with this class. How great they are. And when we, when we look back on this class three, four, five years from now, I think uh, it will hold up as one of the better classes in the history, um, at least in the last 20 years, say, call it. Definitely got to go Jamar Chase, no question about that. Mac Jones had a solid year. Um, there were some offensive line players that played really well. Vera Tucker played well for the, uh, for the Jets. You had the guy for uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, Rashawn Slater playing tackle there. So again, got to go with Jamar Chase, no question about it. Defensive player of the year, I'm going to go TJ Watt. There were some 20-plus um, sacks. What he's able to do from creating, a, creating turnovers for that defense, no more important than this year where their offense struggled throughout the entire of 
throughout the entire season, TJ Watt was absolutely fantastic for them. Did struggle through some injuries, fought through them, and still put up 20 and 21 and a half sacks for the Pittsburgh Steelers. TJ Watt's your defensive player of the year. Offensive player of the year, got to go with Cooper Cup. What he was able to do out of the slot for the Los Angeles Rams was quite frankly amazing. Flirted with 2,000 receiving yards. Haven't seen that in quite some time. Taylor, the running back from Indianapolis, definitely will get some votes. And as he should, he led the running back position in nearly every category uh, there is. But at the end of the day, I went with Cup. Also, uh, name drop here, Trent Williams, offensive tackle from the 49ers. I believe he was the highest graded player in pro football focus history which is saying a whole lot. That's that's very impressive, especially what he was able to do. 34 years of age. Again, I criticize that that uh, signing in the offseason, but I stand corrected. That was phenomenal signing, no question about that. Moving on to MVP, obviously it's a toss-up here, right? It's really a matter of preference, who you like. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. I tend to lean Tom Brady and... For the primary reason being volume. He was asked to do a whole lot. He passed the ball over 40 times a game. Aaron Rodgers, and it's to no fault of his own, but he extremely accurate, but he just didn't do as much for his team as Tom Brady did. Uh, They asked a whole heck of a lot from Tom, and he delivered. The other thing about that is Tom Brady isn't going to get as many votes really because of recency bias, where he had his worst game of the year just a couple weeks ago, late into the season against New Orleans. If you go back to week one, Aaron Rodgers had just as bad of a game. I can't remember the the opponent off the top of my head. But again, that's a recency bias, right? If Aaron Rodgers played that poorly a couple weeks ago, I think Tom Brady would probably get be getting the award. I think Joe Burrow deserves a couple uh, points here or a couple votes, but he's not in the same class yet as Tom Brady. Tom Brady, at 44 years of age, getting the uh, the Durson MVP for the 2021 National Football League season. That's the awards, uh, and that those are my awards, and I'm sticking to them. Getting into the coaching vacancies, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through them here. The Dolphins fired Brian Flores, which was a surprise, at least it seemed, uh, from everybody you talked to. But am I missing something? The guy hasn't done too much. I, I I'm not saying he did a bad job, but I'm not saying he did a great job either. It's not like they fired a Hall of Fame coach who just won some playoff games. Uh, they weren't clearly weren't headed in the right direction, in my opinion. And if you're the ownership, general manager, whatever, isn't on the same page as the head coach and how much decision making he had when it came to drafting Tua and how big of a mistake that was when you look back now, um, we don't know. But it looks like it wasn't working out. Moving on. No big deal, right? Jaguars, obviously, they uh, moved on from Urban Meyer weeks ago. Bears got rid of Matt Nagy. Vikings got rid of Mike Zimmer. Broncos moved on from Vic Fangio. Giants finally got rid of their head coach there. Joe Judge took them long enough. I don't know why they waited all week. Supposedly their head or the the owner there, Mara, was really struggling with that decision, which is a head scratcher for me. But that kind of explains what's going on there with that franchise in New York. The fact that it took them 
four or five days to make that decision after the season ended. And the fact that it was a hard decision says all you need to know about that franchise. Texans moved on from David Cauley. We, we all knew that that was really, at least I knew that that was a one-year job. Uh, anybody, I think, who took a look at that knew that. He did a nice job with the lack of a team that he had there in Houston, but they need to get a, a head coach to lead that team into the future and really inject some some juice into that franchise because they need it. Uh, they have some draft picks now. They should be able to get some more draft picks if they, if they are able to get any type of value for Deshaun Watson there this offseason. They've set a timeline on when to get rid of him at this point. I think it's sometime in March. That's going to be interesting and something to stay tuned for. Then uh, the only other team here, they haven't got rid of their coach yet, but it's the Raiders. Now they made the playoffs somehow after the, the crazy game last week. I don't know. There's no guarantee he sticks around. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. I think he should get another shot after the way everything happened there with uh, Gruden and with Ruggs and all the drama and distractions to keep that team on track, make the playoffs, says a whole lot about that interim head coach. And I think he deserves another shot next year. Let's move on and get into the uh, mock draft from Mike Renner. First, he's got Aiden Hutchinson going to the Jags at number one. Aiden really displaced Kayvon Thibodeau, who was the heavy favorite to be the number one overall pick throughout the preseason and really majority of the early regular season. But Aiden overtook that position with some phenomenal play there for Michigan. But at the end of the day, I think Kayvon's still got a shot. We'll have to wait and see. He's got Kayvon Thibodeau going number two to the Detroit Lions. Houston Texans taking the big tackle from Alabama. Evan Neal at four. Derek Stingley Jr., who's been phenomenal since day one at LSU at the cornerback position. Uh, he'll fit in well with what the Jets are trying to do from a defensive standpoint. New York Giants, he has taking offensive tackle Charles Cross from Mississippi State. Mississippi State is a heavy pass offense, so this is a pass protection offensive tackle. They've missed on picks here over and over and over again, especially in the offensive line. You look at Andrew Thomas, he hasn't lived up to the hype being a, a top pick in the in the draft many years ago. Then you have, uh, they took a guard, uh, I can't think of his name, in the second round. He definitely has not delivered. So it'll uh, be interesting to see how, what they do at number five, especially because they have two picks here at five and, and uh, seven. He's got Sam Howell staying local there, the North Carolina quarterback, going to the Carolina Panthers. I like that fit. They need a quarterback for sure. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. The quarterbacks in this year's class are so up in the air with Kenny Pickett, uh, the guy from the Liberty University. Just a, a, some things yet to be determined, and we'll see how this plays out throughout the next four months with the interview process, the combine, your pro days. This is bound to change. You have the uh, Giants again going with – they're going to take George Kara. I don't know if I'm saying that guy's name right. But the defensive end from uh, Purdue, who's also risen up this year in the class. Kyle Hamilton, who's a top five prospect, but he plays safety. He's got him going to the Atlanta Falcons. He's going to be a phenomenal player coming out of Notre Dame. Then you have the Denver Broncos taking linebacker Devin Lloyd out of Utah. Highest rated linebacker in the class. New York Jets going with a, a tackle there. Icky Kwanwu, he's got the name of the draft for sure. 
he's an offensive tackle. I think he plays a little bit of guard as well, or at least he could play guard here at uh, NC. I'm sorry, in the National Football League, uh, played tackle for NC State. Uh, something to take note here: you got the New York Giants with two first rounders. You have the New York Jets with two first rounders, both in the top 10. And then you have the Eagles with three picks. So first time we've seen that in a while with multiple teams with multiple first rounders. So that, that, that should be fun to see what trades happen and if teams combine picks to move up and whatnot. We'll see what happens. Drake London going to the Washington football team. He would be a nice compliment to uh, Terry McLaurin there in Washington. And uh, they should have a new football t- or a new name by the time the draft happens. Going to be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, quarterback, another quarterback coming off the board. Kenny Pickett going to the Vikings. Interesting, interesting fit there to see what they do. You know, Kirk Cousins, uh, again, I've talked about him a little bit here over the, over the last many episodes. He's played well, great stats, but and you can move on from him. A team will take him, no question about that. And maybe it's time for the Vikings to hit the reset button there in Minnesota and and go with a guy with Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. Jameson Williams tore his ACL, unfortunately, uh, in the national football game. Hate to see that. So I would imagine this mock draft was predicted before the NCAA championship game because uh, you got to think he slides with that injury. Uh, Trayvon Walker, defensive lineman out of Georgia. He's gonna he's got him going to the Baltimore Ravens. Seems like a, a Baltimore Ravens fit. Then we have our hometown here, Philadelphia Eagles, back to back picks going with the defensive end from Michigan. Uh, he's really an edge rusher, David Ajabo. Love the fit. He can come in and be groomed by another defensive end there from Michigan, Brandon Graham, and really take over because they need help. They're getting really old on both sides of the line. And then they have Ahmad Gardner uh, from Cincinnati. He would be a great fit across there from Darius Slay. So I really love that. That gets me excited, no question about it. Two great fits there. Two great positional value when you think about long-term there for the Philadelphia Eagles. So I like what Mike Renner did there. Jordan Davis, defensive tackle, huge 360-pound defensive tackle there from Georgia going to the Chargers. Their run defense was atrocious this year, so they're going to look to shore that up. New Orleans Saints, they need a quarterback of the future. And again, I'm really interested about this quarterback class. We already saw Kenny Pickett go off the board. We saw Sam Howell go off the board. Now he's got Matt Carroll from Ole Miss going to the New Orleans Saints. Um, I think there's going to be a lot a lot that happens here with this QB class. Philadelphia Eagles taking the center to replace Jason Kelsey. I love this pick, too. Anytime you get an interior O-lineman who's an All-American player from Iowa, you got to be happy about that, and he'll fit right in there in Philadelphia. Slide in right next to Landon Dickerson, who they took in the second round last year. Uh, again, those three picks for Philadelphia, if they if that were the picks, if that were how it turns out here in the end of April in the draft, I would be extremely excited. Pittsburgh Steelers going with Trevor Penning. They've had trouble with the offensive line position. We've seen that, uh, and they're going to take Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. Jahan Dotson, Penn State wideout. Uh, just a gamer, this guy. 91 catches, 1,182 yards, and 12 touchdowns for a team that really had struggles at the quarterback position there in Penn State. They have him going to the New England Patriots. Love the fit there. Would be a great weapon for Mac Jones on the outside. Another wide receiver, this one from Ohio State. 
going to the Miami Dolphins here at 22. I don't know that they go receiver. They went receiver last year uh, with, uh, and he played really well here. I didn't mention him earlier in the rookie of the year, but he should get some votes too. Over 100 catches, over 1,000 yards there. I'm talking about Jalen Waddell. He's played well here. So I don't know that they go Garrett Wilson, but they could. Uh, Andrew Booth Jr., quarterback out of Clemson, going to the Vegas Raiders. That sounds like a fit if Mike Mayock's making the selection. Anytime you can get a guy from Clemson or Alabama, he'll take him. Arizona Cardinals going with Cam Thomas, San Diego State Edge. Don't know a ton about him, uh, but I'll, I'll try to learn and, and see what I can learn. But obviously, Mike, Mike Renner thinks very highly of him. Kenyon Green, he's a highly touted interior offensive lineman from Texas A&M. They need protection for Joe Burrow there in in Cincinnati, and they look to get it in this coming draft. Trent McDuffie, another Washington D-back. He's he has him going to the Buffalo Bills again. They're they're a team that is potentially moving on from some guys there in the defensive backfield, not only via free agency, but. Uh, some guys are getting older there as well, so I like that fit. Nicobe Dean, he played phenomenal in the national championship game. Like, the Dallas Cowboys need more help. This would be a home run fit for them, no question about it. Tampa Bay Buccaneers going with Roger McCreary, cornerback out of Auburn. Kansas City Chiefs, Traylon Burks, love this guy, 6'3", 225-pound wide receiver from Arkansas. Just another weapon there for Patrick Mahomes. The rich get richer there in Kansas City. Detroit Lions going with a quarterback. I was surprised to see this name come up here. Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. They do need a quarterback of the future. Uh, I don't think Jared Goff is the answer. I also don't think they go with a quarterback this year. Uh, I I could be wrong, um, but I I just don't see it. I think they have way too many holes to go with quarterback. I think Jared Goff can hold them over for another year. Tennessee Titans going with an edge rusher from Penn State. Anytime we've seen a lot of success from edge rushers from Penn State. Titans need that. They've had real real great success with Lantry there on the outside. Can they get a guy to compliment him here from Penn State? And then the Green Bay Packers going with an offensive tackle from Central Michigan. I don't know much about their Bernie Raymond, but makes sense, right? Offensive tackle, Central Michigan going to Green Bay. We'll see what happens. That's the first mock. Next time Mike Renner comes out with another one, we'll be sure to keep you posted and review that. But I really like this mock draft, especially what he did with the Philadelphia Eagles there with getting three phenomenal picks in David Ajabo, defensive end from Michigan, cornerback from Cincinnati, Ahmad Gardner, and then that interior O-line center from Boston, I'm sorry, from Iowa, Tyler Lindenbaum. Heading into the wild card matchups this week, first one on the slate, Bunch of fun games, quite frankly. Raiders at the Bengals. If you haven't watched the ending, the last five minutes or so of that Raiders-Chargers game last week, you're selling yourself short. Go back and do that. Just amazing how they were able to get in and give them a lot of credit. Kudos to the Raiders for getting to the playoffs. I'm going to go Bengals here. I think Joe Burrow's the difference maker. Uh, MVP candidate, a gamer. Was able to get a little rest, get healthy last week, uh, and sit out in week 18. Uh, I'm going to go Bills to win that game. They're favored by 5.5 right now, and I think they should be. Uh, Raiders just aren't going to be able to match up defensively with the weapons they have there in Cincinnati. Certainly feels different in Cincy than it has in a long time, and I think it starts this week with a, a playoff victory. Patriots at the Bills. Patriots are... Uh, the underdog here, four and a half points. I never like to go against Bill Belichick, but...
But I'm going to go with the Bills here. Uh, reason being, rookie quarterback there in New England. I think he makes a couple mistakes. And Josh Allen's just got to play better. He's got to be a difference maker here. We've seen him make some some really bad plays throughout this regular season. But all in all, he's a phenomenal player with a phenomenal skill set, and they have a lot of weapons there in Buffalo. I think they get the victory. Again, not an easy one to pick, especially you never like to pick against Bill Belichick in the playoffs, but I'm going to do just that. I'm going with Buffalo to win the game. Then you have the Philadelphia Eagles at 9-8 and eight going in to see the Tom Brady-led 13-4 and four Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers are an 8.5-point favorite right now, as they should be. Gonna go Buccaneers. There's a lot of chatter about how Buccaneers are lipping into the playoffs. The Eagles match up well because they run the ball. They're the number one rushing team in the league. You know what? When you have Tom Brady, the GOAT, playing for you, what's that really matter at the end of the day? I just think he's gonna pick apart this defense. And the Eagles may very well keep it semi close, but I, I again Tom Brady. That's all you need to know. One team is starting Jalen Hurts. The other team is starting Tom Brady. No disrespect to Jalen Hurts, but this one wasn't that hard to pick. I'm going Buccaneers. 49ers at the Cowboys. This one's a little harder. 49ers have some momentum. The way they've been able to run the ball, Kyle Shanahan is just phenomenal. Jimmy Garoppolo's played well, and the way they use Debo Samuel, both in the run and the pass game, is really fun to watch. Watch. Dallas is favored by three. I'm going to go Dallas to win the game. This is a must win for this franchise. There's been a lot of talk all season about the, the level of skill players they have on that team. And this is going to be a test for their defense. I think they show up and play really well against the 49ers and get a playoff win. So Dallas is going to move on. Steelers at Chiefs. Chiefs are going to win. Too much offensive firepower. Uh, congratulations to the Steelers for getting in. Really, not enough can be said about that team. I, I thought they were down and out, similar to the Raiders. I did not think they expect them to make the playoffs, but they snuck in and uh, give credit where credit is due. But the Chiefs are a 12.5-point favorite, as they should be. I like the Chiefs to get the win here, and that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Probably the toughest game of the week to pick. Cardinals at 11-6, and six, going to see the Rams at 12-5. and five. Rams coming off a disappointing loss. I don't like the Rams. I've said it week in, week out this year. Even if they get the win here, they don't stand a chance this playoffs to make a Super Bowl run. Matt Stafford is not that much of an upgrade over uh, Jared Goff. The coach is overrated. Uh, the defense is overrated. They have phenomenal players on the defensive side of the football, guys who are at the top of the league at their position, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, but they can't seem to put it together. I like the Cardinals to win. Again, this one's tough because the Rams are very, they're, they're a good team, no question about that, but we've seen them disappoint time and time again. And, and going back as early as last week against the 49ers where they, they were had a, a big lead in that game and they blew it. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals here. I think they're just mentally tougher and, and they're going to make some plays to win that game there in L.A. Uh, that's going to do it for the wild card round. Uh, Durson football show. Everybody, thanks for watching. Don't forget to like, subscribe. Make sure you throw me a follow there at the Durson Network. And uh, we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.